Every weekday at 4pm, join the leader for the latest on the coronavirus crisis with news, analysis and commentary from one of the country's most trusted newsrooms. Subscribe to make sure you don't miss an episode. Now, from the Evening Standard in London, this is The Leader. Hi, I'm David Marsland. The front line against coronavirus is faltering. Can it hold? I've spoken to a senior consultant at one of London's major teaching hospitals and not to put too fine a point on it, there is absolute terror at what is about to, they feel is about to hit. The Evening Standard's Jonathan Prynne's been talking to the overwhelmed London doctors battling the disease being described as a tsunami. Also, on the one hand, they are, in Boris Johnson's words, putting their arm around strivers. And on the other hand, there's the long arm of the law going to whack people who illicitly hold social gatherings with these fines. Political editor Joe Murphy talks to the Leader podcast as we exclusively reveal the fines the government will impose on those who breach lockdown laws. And I just spent 15 minutes on my iPhone just pressing delete, delete, delete. And I looked down at my diary and all that was left were the recurring birthdays of my friends over the next 50 years. World-renowned pianist and composer Stephen Huff on the devastation being wreaked on the classical and arts worlds. What help is there for the self-employed? Taken from the Evening Standard's editorial column, this is The Leader. For the whole thing, pick up the newspaper or head to standard.co.uk slash comment. In a moment, inside the hospitals fighting coronavirus. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Hi, I'm Lawrence Delalio, host of the Evening Standard Rugby Podcast, brought to you in partnership with QBE Business Insurance. The show is available to listen to now and right up to the end of the season when the winners of the Champions Cup will be crowned at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium and the fight for the Premiership title will be decided at Twickenham. QBE is one of the world's leading insurers and they will help your business build resilience through risk management and insurance solutions. Subscribe and download now wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening. There's a warning hospitals in London are being deluged by a continuous tsunami of coronavirus patients and critical care beds are close to running out. The Evening Standard reports health chiefs believe up to half of the capital's NHS workforce is off sick or in self-isolation. The UK is being encouraged to show its support for our health workers and our editorial column is right behind them. What would you be doing on a normal Thursday evening at 8pm? Heading out to see a film? Meeting friends for a drink? Well, that life is on hold for now. But there is something else you can do tonight, and that's show your support for NHS staff and carers at the front line in the fight against coronavirus. 
Clap for Our Carers is a campaign asking people to show their appreciation at 8pm tonight. From the sofa, garden, balcony, street or anywhere. We think it's a great idea and hope many of us take part. In Spain and Italy, where a lockdown has been going on for longer, people have been applauding from apartment balconies and windows. We can do the same in London. It's not just a way of saying thank you, but of linking people too. The Evening Standards, Jonathan Prynne's been speaking to doctors on the front line and he joins me over Skype. And Jonathan, what have they been telling you? Well, I've spoken to a senior consultant at one of London's major teaching hospitals in, in the last few days. And not to put too fine a point on it, there is absolute terror at what is about to, they feel is about to hit. They're, they're very worried about the the lack of testing in particular, which means they're effectively sort of fighting blind and, and the level of equipment that's available to them, they're also very worried about. And they, this guy I spoke to compared his situation to the, I don't know if you saw Chernobyl, but uh, the, the, the brave uh, Russian workers who were sent in to try and fix the reactor with only very sort of rudimentary safety equipment. And that's, that's sort of how they feel working on the front line. And of course, we're expecting that situation to get worse this weekend, aren't we? Yes. I mean, my understanding is that they're expecting um, a peak probably in the next week or, 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 or an initial peak and possibly a, another wave coming within a week or two after that into the middle of April. And despite all the work that's gone into providing beds and respirators and all the equipment they need, they, they still are very worried that they're, they're not going to be able to cope. Have they been able to give you any indication about how many people they're seeing? Not in specific numbers, but they, you know, they all talk about waves and tsunamis of people and floods of people coming in. And certainly on unprecedented levels, it's something that they, they go into work every day, very fearful of their futures and their healths um, and potentially their livelihoods and, and their families. And they're very worried that they're going to, um, you know, a lot of them aren't, aren't going to make it. This must be exhausting for people. Yeah, I get the impression that people are incredibly shattered physically and, and emotionally and mentally. It's, it's a huge challenge for them, uh, just the constant pressure of what they're having to deal with it never goes away they, they they're finding it hard to let go when they get home my one of my contacts said he cried when he put his child to bed last night because he's just so worried about whether he's going to be there as a as a breadwinner um in the in, in the coming months and people around the uk are being asked to show their support for the nhs and that's something that the evening standard is backing do the doctors do the nurses do the workers feel that support from the country uh i i think they're beginning to i think uh initially they they felt that they were they were working in a sort of separate universe and they didn't really they they didn't really that the people out there didn't really understand what was going on inside hospitals i think the message is starting to get out now and i think they feel they're beginning to feel that the public's behind them and the public supporting them and the nhs volunteer scheme has been incredibly um met, a, met an incredible response from the public more than 400,000 sign-ups already in, in the first few days but um 
uh, you know, and, and they and they appreciate all that. But at the end of the day, unless they're equipped, um, and again, another analogy that they that doctors have made to me is that you know, if we sent the army into battle without the right equipment, there'd be a national outcry, and and it's a similar situation for frontline doctors. Next. There's no one-size-fits-all solution for them all. If you did try that, you'd be wasting tens of billions of taxpayers' money. Political editor Joe Murphy on plans to help the self-employed and how much will breaking lockdown laws cost you? If you've ever been to Leicester Square, even if you've only seen it on TV, you'll know how downright weird this sounds. This is Leicester Square this morning. There was barely anyone there at all. Clearly, self-isolation is being taken seriously by some, but we've all seen reports of people apparently breaking the rules, and you may have heard this policeman telling people off on Shepherd's Bush Green, which was doing the rounds this week. Can you all go home, please? It's not a holiday lockdown, which means you don't just come in sunbathe. Can you please just leave? Well, now those that don't just leave could face a fine. Our political editor, Joe Murphy, has the story and he joins me on the phone. Joe, I also want to speak to you about the government's package for the self-employed, the strivers, as the Chancellor calls them. But let's start with these new fines. What's it going to cost? There's a nice symmetry to this, isn't there? There's, um, on the one hand, they are, in Boris Johnson's words, putting their arm around strivers, And on the other hand, there's the long arm of the law going to whack people who illicitly hold social gatherings with these fines. And we can reveal, because it's our story on the front page today, that they're going to be set at £60, which is more than previously reported, for the first-time offence. But if you do it again, then you could be getting double that. That's a fixed penalty notice, just like illegal parking. If you pay within 14 days, it'll be chopped in half. So there's a potential revenue stream there for the government, although hopefully not a big one. But the government is also making announcements about how it's going to help the self-employed today. Joe, what sort of things can people expect? David, the Chancellor is going to launch what he calls a big rescue plan. Really complicated, because this is a complicated question. But the simple thing for people who need the money is a dedicated website where you can register from tonight and that will mean eventually some cash support will come to you. When we talk about eventually how long could that be because a lot of people are running out of money right now. Exactly right David and you remember for the regular um, cash support for people who have lost their jobs because of coronavirus that's not going to be rolling out help until end of April which is quite a while from now. Well, this is more complicated, and you're talking about a longer timescale than that. Nobody's nailing that down to a firm deadline just yet, but you could be looking into May before people actually get cash. The self-employed world is extremely complicated because you've not just got people kind of filing their invoices and, and working from offices. There are people like taxi drivers, for example, who don't have passengers anymore. Exactly right. It's so complicated. Um, Taxi drivers, they've lost all of their passing trade at the moment 
But of course they might be employed, um, Boris Johnson said yesterday at question time, ferrying nurses to hospitals so they don't have to go on the underground. So they might lose a lot of their income, but not all of it. And they require a different level of help, potentially, to somebody who's been working on a domestic building site that's closed, whose income stops, and whose people that he worked for last week may not pay him because they've gone bust in this crisis or have cash flow problems of their own. Then you've got the other level of complexity is that some people are actually better off because of this crisis. Not many, but you might have a self-employed eBay trader who's suddenly got an amazing new audience of people who are housebound and going online shopping. And lastly, you've got another category of self-employed people who might declare income of £20,000, but it's actually not what they're living on. They've got a wealth or they've got a full-time job, and this is just their part-time earnings from writing books or after-dinner speaking for some people. So all those different people require completely different levels of support, and there's no one-size-fits-all solution for them all. If you did try that, you'd be wasting tens of billions of taxpayers' money on people who either didn't need the help or who didn't deserve the help. So targeting is the big problem, and that's why it's taken so long. And you can read more from Joe Murphy at standard.co.uk. Now, shall we just have a little moment of zen? That's pianist and composer Stephen Half performing to spring, a season he was quite looking forward to until coronavirus came. He's one of the millions of self-employed who have seen self-isolation cause their work to dry up. The performing arts have been very badly hit. The classical world has all but come to a halt, with the musicians seeing theatres and halls shut all over the world. And Stephen joins me by Skype now. And How badly has all of this affected you? The cancellation of concerts. I actually had a very, very busy spring and I was going back to America for a month. And, you know, I just spent um, 15 minutes on my iPhone just pressing delete, delete, delete. And I looked down at my diary and all that was left uh, were the recurring birthdays of my friends over the next 50 years. We just don't know, of course, when this is going to to write itself. And, you know, really nobody this, these days earns royalties from recordings. That, that Those days are simply gone. I mean, a good year for somebody who's uh, selling a lot of CDs is probably... A few thousand. I mean, I think people would be very surprised. They look at the pop world and 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 they think that millions is uh, is pouring in. It absolutely isn't the case. I couldn't survive a month on my royalties. So I think it, for all of us, you know, I too have simply nothing coming in. So you know, I've got something in the bank at the moment, but as the months go by, it trickles away. And when there are no credits and only debits, um, very few people in the world. Uh, aren't slightly concerned about that. So what are people doing then to try and support themselves? Because it must be quite scary right now. Well, a lot of people, of course, are giving uh, free content. You know, they're they're putting up uh, microphones and cameras in their living rooms and playing concerts. And and it's wonderful. You know, if you have that equipment and that know-how and that kind of confidence to do that, and that's a support certainly in in a moral way, it's not a support in a financial way, of course, because, you know, I, I imagine if one of those um, people, you know, in, in, in very grave difficulties started charging, probably people would go somewhere else. It's a little bit like recordings, you know, if you can find it or, or newspapers, if you can find a free one, 
um, it's uh, difficult to make someone pay for something that they can find free somewhere else. So that's the other side of the Internet, isn't it? That, you know, it's opened everything up, but who supports it all? How does it all pay for itself? I think at some point in the future, and this is true for journalism as well, there has to be some way, a, a very easy way of just paying a penny for an article or, you know, so that it, it's just, I, I think it's not so much people don't want to pay for something that somebody's worked very hard to produce. It's just the ease of, of getting to it. You know, I feel if someone's giving a recital in their living room, um, no, I don't want to pay 50 pounds. But on the other hand, I think it's it's nice to be able to contribute something towards it. We all know that if something's had effort made into making it, that it shouldn't just be for nothing forever. So I think that will that will change. The Chancellor's been making announcements about help for the self-employed, and he's spoken to the Evening Standard. What are the sorts of things that you need? It's an impossible situation, isn't it? Because almost everyone needs something. You know, no one is, is coming out of this unscathed except a few uh, mega billionaire businessmen. But, you know, for most of us, for 90-whatever percent of us, there's going to be problems. And I, I, I wouldn't like to have to be the one saying, well, you deserve this and you deserve that. I don't know. I mean, it seems to me it may lead us to some sort of, um, you know, where everyone is given a certain amount of money every month, regardless, as a safety net, as a sort of basis from which we can all work. Because I think the idea that you wake up in the morning and and you can't afford um, the bill that's dropped through the door or you just, you know, you haven't got enough to eat. we, We can't live like that. And I think this time is going to make that very much more acute than before. And that's The Leader. Subscribe through your podcast provider and give us a rating too. We're back tomorrow at 4pm. Hi, I'm Lawrence Delalio, host of the Evening Standard Rugby podcast, brought to you in partnership with QBE Business Insurance. The show is available to listen to now and right up to the end of the season when the winners of the Champions Cup will be crowned at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium and the fight for the Premiership title will be decided at Twickenham. QBE is one of the world's leading insurers and they will help your business build resilience through risk management and insurance solutions. Subscribe and download now wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns.